Hello, this is Linda Bullis, and I'm on staff with the church. And the name of my message today is When Everything Changes. This is Palm Sunday. It's the day we remember Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem before the Passover. In Luke chapter 19, verses 36 through 38, we read, As he was going, they were spreading their coats on the road. As soon as he was approaching near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen, shouting, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Luke's Gospel says that they were his disciples. Wait, I thought it was just the crowd who came to see this new celebrity, people who had heard of his great miracles and his teachings, the people who wanted to catch a glimpse, cheer for him, and imagine what more wonderful things were in store from such a leader. No, the text says that it was his disciples, not just the twelve, but the others who had committed themselves to follow him ones who had seen or perhaps even experienced healing and deliverance from him. In a week's time, everything changed, and then changed again. Ordinary life, as if life with Jesus was ever ordinary, would come to an end. Within a week, Jesus is betrayed, tried, and crucified. The crowds that had gathered days before were gone. Then what appeared to be the greatest reversal of all time, he's raised from the dead. It was a time of confusion and fear for his followers. Everything had changed. Peter is living with his own betrayal. John has been entrusted to care for Jesus' mother Mary. And Judas, also one who had betrayed Jesus, kills himself. And yet, when all they had hoped for and believed was challenged, the Lord was working his most wonderful plan of redemption for all of mankind. The redemptive plan of God was now displayed in the fullness of time at the right time. The week that had begun in triumph and quickly turned to tragedy, again turned, this time to culminate with the ultimate triumph of the resurrection. We are also in the midst of an extraordinary time. The routines of our life have been interrupted and upended. Finances and security have been severely challenged. Real fears about health for ourselves and our families and our friends in the presence of a deadly disease, is the face of a new enemy. I would like to offer that in the midst of Holy Week and in this extraordinary time, the Lord is both present and powerful. He's working even though, even if, and even when. He works for us, with us, and through us, asking us to lean in, press in, and rely on him. 
He is the God that is not limited by circumstances, but provides access to his power and peace to those who call on him. In the book of John, the 11th chapter, 17 through 25th verses, it says, Three days after the death of Lazarus, Martha, Lazarus' sister, comes to meet Jesus. In faith, by the measure of faith she had, she said, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. She believed that Jesus was fully able to heal her brother. She goes on to add, But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus replies to her, Your brother will rise again. And Martha says to him, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. He challenges her to stretch her faith beyond what she presently has. He then displays his power by resurrecting Lazarus from the dead. I like that in this passage, Martha begins her interaction with the statement of faith. Even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus answers her with an even if. He says, he who believes in me will live even if he dies. She proclaimed what she knew about him. He was loving, he was caring, and he had the power to heal any disease. She also believed he was limited by proximity because he was three miles away in Jerusalem. And death after three days, he was limited by that as well. His declaration of his identity as the present I am the resurrection and the life added to what she knew and displayed for all who would believe access to abundant life in this world and eternal life in the world to come. To help strengthen our own faith, let's look at a few passages in Scripture where the Lord is working despite challenging and desperate circumstances. In our sin, Romans 5.8 says that God demonstrates his own love for us. In this, even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There's nothing more desperate than that. In battle, Psalm 55.18, he rescues me unharmed from the battle waged against me, even though Many oppose me. In Psalm 27, verse 3, it says, Even if an army came against me with its tents, my heart would have no fear. If war was made on me, my faith would not be moved. David says this after boldly declaring, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? In old age, Isaiah 46, verses, verse 4. Even to your old age, I will be the same. 
And even in your graying years, I will bear you. Great promise. When threatened by death, this is a familiar um, verse from Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me, even though. And for all time, at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, the Lord promises us by saying, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. How are we challenged in our responses to these times? I'd like to offer a couple of ways that we're challenged and how we can accept that challenge. We're challenged to listen and obey even when we don't fully understand. Go to Jesus like Martha did. Ask for clarity. It's funny, in the book of Luke, we don't see Mary anywhere there. But there's Martha, taking the initiative, going to Jesus, not understanding, meeting him on the road. Don't give in to isolation and numbing, distraction. Don't feed your fear. Go to the Lord. Bring your fears to him. Ask for clarity. In Hebrews, the 11th chapter, the 8th verse, an example of listening and obeying. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. So he listened to what the Lord said, and he did it. And later he would receive this as an inheritance. There was a reward for listening and obeying. We're also challenged to declare our faith publicly. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel, third chapter, verses 17 and 18. When faced with death, being thrust into the fiery furnace, they declare, Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand. But listen carefully to this. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Or Job, when faced with loss of health, family, reputation, money, houses, everything, and also the recipient of terrible, hurtful counsel from unwise counselors and friends, declares, even though he slays me, yet will I trust him. It's an open declaration of his faith in God. Even though he slays me, yet will I trust him. Our faith is activated by our words and strengthened by them. We can also meet these challenging times by engaging in worship. In Habakkuk, the chap chapter 3, verses 17 through 19, 
The prophet was faced with exile, famine, an invading army, and extreme loss of all they had known and enjoyed. And he boldly states, Though the fig tree fails to blossom, and there is no fruit on the vines, though the yield of the olive tree should fail, and the fields produce no food, though the flock should be cut off from the fold, and there be no cattle in the stalls, yet I will exult in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength. What will our response be in this uncertain time? If you've not already committed your life to the Lord, I invite you to do it now. There is no better time. Say with me, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins, and I thank you for dying on the cross for me. Please come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. Those that have already done that, consider recommitting your heart to the Lord now. Rededicate your heart and your life to him. And take time each day to listen to the Lord. Read a verse of scripture. Take time in prayer. Write down impressions of what you think he might be saying to you. Engage your faith, however much or little you have. Speak your declaration. Don't always be speaking fear and recounting what you hear on the news. Speak your declaration of faith. The Lord is good. The Lord is good to me. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. And worship. Worship. Praise Him. Let your mouth praise Him. Let your own ears hear your worship. In spoken words, and if you sing, even if you don't sing well, in song. Sing along with worship songs that you know. Learn new ones. Praise His name. Sing those worship songs. Do this daily. Feed your soul. And your soul will be nourished. I'd like to end with a prayer. Father, help us to press in to know you more at this time. Like Martha, help us to take our grief and limited understanding to you. Help us to declare in the dark what we learned in the light. In our weakness, pour in strength and courage. Rescue us. Deliver us. As we call on your name and as we wait, help us to be found faithful and trusting in this time. Amen.